We are recording this at 12.08 a.m. on a Monday morning. It's so late because we had to wait for this motherfucker, Angus, to finish his IM basketball game. Uh, you give him 30, bro? <laughs> Not even 30. <laughs> I barely dropped 13, and we got whipped by, like, almost 30. So Solid. If that's what you meant by 13. 30. 13 solid. 13 so- Wait, wait. Oh. <laughs> um... We took a poll on our Instagram. Well, not really a poll, but we asked y'all to ask us some questions um, so we could answer them on our next pod. And we're going to start with that. Our first question yeah. is from my boy, Ethan. He says, Shea or marketing for a most improved player? That's a good question. Yeah. So for me, I think that marketing deserves most improved player. And I think last year when John Morant were on most improved player that that set a really bad precedent because we already knew that John Morant was already on the superstar track and voting for Shea for most improved player just because he's averaging 30 points per game that that that's not what most improved player means I feel like there's got to be a factor of surprise that comes to the most improved player and Markinus surely has reached that surprise factor yeah he definitely has um in Cleveland he didn't really look like what he looks now like he's even he's scoring in Chicago. Like, oh, definitely in Chicago. He did not look good in Chicago, but on Cleveland, he just looked kind of like a role player. And then when he went to the Jazz, you know, the coach kind of just handed him the keys, and he's been looking like, I mean, obviously he's in the All Star game, so like, he's been looking good. I gotta say, I'm going with Shea, because not only has he jumped in scoring and he's averaging 30 points a game. Uh, made his first all-star team this year uh, along with Lori, but their team and they're kind of actually identical in the standings. They're okay. She's up by uh, their 10th and the jazz are 11th uh, 27 and 28 to 28 and 30. But if you see, if you watch like Shea play, he has a lot of like game winners. A lot of games are deci- decided because of his play uh, because of his teammates playing off of him and yeah i gotta say shay honestly it's just fun to watch him yeah he's he's fun to watch but is he really the most improved like did you expect this from him because i kind of expected this from him after seeing the way he ended last year before he got cut off for injuries yeah you expect it i mean but what you didn't expect was for the thunder to be 500 at the all-star break so I think that says a lot. I think it says more about the West being wide open rather than it says about Shea's play. Maybe. I mean, they have the the Thunder has a good team. Yeah, they People they got a lot of guys like, who hustle. They 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 play for their coach, which is which is like you you play the Thunder like, you know, the idea in their head is like they're not a good team, but they could really run you at the gym. <laughs> yeah, they're they're extremely well coached. Um. They got strong defensive principles, but they, they really just lack the size right now. And I think that's going to be fixed when Chet Holmgren comes back next year. Oh, my God. I forgot about that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chet. Uh, let's get into our second question uh, from your boy, James. He asks James. us, which we didn't really we didn't really get to at all in our first podcast. We were kind of, like, nervous. but uh, Yeah, we got to let you guys peel back the layers. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the second question is what inspired y'all to well, start a podcast? I guess you go first. 
Yeah, so uh, growing up, I always loved basketball. I'm an absolute basketball junkie. It's not even just watching or playing. It's just I, I love seeing the transactions going on. I love seeing how free agency plays out, and I love the drama. And I, I just and I also like consuming basketball content. And when I was in college, I used to do media for my school newspaper covering sports. So I just really want to continue going down that route. What about for you? Me, yeah. yeah, for me, um, honestly, one of the biggest factors was me and Angus will like, we'll face on each other. Uh, we'll talk about whatever is going on in the league. And usually we don't really agree <laughs> on anything. Yeah. Except for yeah, the Kings. For except for the Kings. Yeah. And honestly, I love it because, you know, we'd be arguing, but it's like, you know, both of us aren't really wrong a lot of the times. Like he's bringing up we good challenge points. challenge each other. Exactly. He's bringing up good points. I'm bringing up good points. Um, he makes me, he makes me like, like if I have to, if I'm going to argue with this fool, like I have to make sure I know what I'm talking about because yeah. he's just going <laughs> to shove it down. He's going to shove it, shove it down my throat. And it's been fun. It's always been fun. And we talked yeah. about making a podcast before. I just remember calling him on my way back for work. Like I drive, like it's a 40 minute drive from my work and I just be like, listen to the podcast or usually just podcasts and listen to music. And that's when I'd be most creative in my head. Just thinking and mm -hmm. I called him. I was like, I'd be calling him. I was like, you want to, are you serious about that podcast stuff? Cause like, if you're serious, I'm freaking serious, dude. And he was like, yeah, I'm serious. So here we are. And we made it happen <laughs> Second episode. in like a week. <laughs> yes, sir. No, like, like the deadline was, it was like Thursday was the deadline. We wanted to get an episode before the de deadline was over. And that was like Thursday, the week before. And we got an episode yeah. out on Monday or no Tuesday. And yeah, like, Tuesday. so we bought, we got like our mic shipped hella quick, got a setup and like, boom. But yeah. don't, don't you, think you, we're, you we didn't come prepared. Like we'd be preparing for these episodes. Like we're not hasty. Yeah. And uh, we just really just want to go out and do it. Let's anyway. move on to the third episode. I mean, not episode. Third, third question episode. by James. Yeah. Uh, his he asks us, uh, "What's our favorite NBA player? Who is our favorite NBA player of all time?" I'll go okay, first. Back I'll go first. Question from James. Back to back question from James. Great questions, James. Um, my favorite player of all time, gotta be. It's gotta be Damian Lillard. Like, oh, and that's just real? it's a very biased. It's a very biased. Um, opinion but i love damian lillard i just for a guy his size what he can do he can dunk on you he can shoot over you he can break your ankles like there's <laughs> nothing that man can do i he would say Kyrie. Away. i'm just gonna ignore that <laughs> i would say Kyrie, but but i mean i don't know it's hard for me to say Kyrie. but damian lillard it's just like man there's so many, so many moments in his career. Even though he hasn't won a ring, there's so many moments in his career where it's like it's just, his just whole, his just, he's just inspiring as a person. It's just, it's good, it's great to see. Yeah. Him coming out of Weber State, uh, like unknown. a nobody, unknown, and just like rookie year, 18 points a game. You know, I used to be a huge Jeremy Lin fan, and he just destroyed my Rockets. <laughs> <laughs> in the playoffs that that game winner yeah that was ridiculous uh question from jose my boy western conference champion predictions who's coming out the west 
in the West. So I have the West. In the West, the Nuggets are going to be the Western Conference champions. I know that's a stretch for a lot of people considering the moves that were made this past Nuggets. deadline. But Jokic is coming off his second MVP, and he's on track to win another one. First time it's been done since Larry Bird. And it's an open year in the West. The Warriors aren't up to shape. The Grizzlies seem to have a lot of growing up to do. And um, the Nuggets really have two to three All-Stars on the team. You have Jokic, of course, and then Aaron Gordon has been playing like an All-Star this year, playing both ways. He's just being that Swiss Army knife that Jokic needs around him. And then Jamal Murray seems to be coming back into form, and I, I have no doubt that he'll be in playoff form soon. And maybe he can do whatever he did in the bubble this year. So no and Suns? Seems like it. No Suns. No Suns. I think this team oh. just fits together so well. And no Mavericks? Those teams got to gel. You have you had all these big pieces added at the trade deadline. There's no way it's gonna work in 26 games left in the season. What 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 makes you think? Why why is it different this year for the Nuggets? Like they've never been able to get it done. Uh, I think this year is different for the Nuggets for the simple fact that there is no real competition in the West. There's no heavy favorites or anything. Um, like last year, the Warriors seemed to be heavy favorites, and they really just dominated the competition. And the Nuggets need well, to. They were not heavy favorites last year. The Warriors, I think the Warriors were favorites. No, everyone had them not. as a. People had the Warriors and the Suns going to the Western Conference Finals since day one, ever since that Christmas matchup last season. I remember I Pepper Charms remembers. I I don't. Uh, okay, for me, I I got. Ah, uh, it's hard to say. I want to see. I want to say Kings. <laughs> I'm not gonna say. Kings, <laughs> Don't oh. do it, man. Jose, don't, don't bro. Remember if that you me said and you were talking, Jose, if me and you were talking right now in a, in a room together, I would tell you Kings. But I got to say, if the Suns are healthy, then the Suns. And if not, then mm-hmm. the Mavericks. I really, I'd, I'd be leaning, I'd be leaning toward the Mavericks. Just ride the wave. Okay. So these teams riding... don't have to gel? Bro, do you, do you know how superstars are like glue? You don't need that it just it just happens they just you just put them in a with a on a, on the court with four other in guys in the middle of the season in the middle of in the, the middle of the season bro basketball is basketball in the middle of the season you just put them if he's if it's Kyrie or if it's Luka Doncic you just put them on the floor with three other random dudes as long as they're in the NBA they'll make something happen especially okay. when there's two of them i i think they have a lot more moves to make before i really consider them contenders I agree. The- I think I think they definitely need to make some moves. Um, but I also think that with both of those guys, it's just it's just way easier for role players to score. When I I I recently watched um, well, I watched the Kings game with when they played them. But especially especially that Kings game, there was a lot of like when Cooper when Luca gets the ball the the in the half court especially it becomes real stagnant. Um, and, and yes, I think it does. Th- those role players have gotten used to that. Um, but with Kyrie, it really brings a different dynamic to the offense. Like you can just give bo- the ball to Kyrie, and the offense can move as long as the players around Kyrie and and Luca are moving or getting in spots where they can catch and shoot right away. I saw a lot of just like standing around and just kind of like watching yeah. Kyrie. You know, watching Kyrie, watching Luca, and then when they would like get double teamed and they would pass out, like they wouldn't be ready to catch the ball to shoot, mm-hmm. and. They gotta they gotta understand that 
you know, they're looking and watching Tyree because of his greatness and Luca because of his greatness, of, of their greatness, but the defense is doing the same thing. So you need to just like, you know, backdoor cut, you know, get open for three when the guy's looking at Luca. Use these superstars to your advantage and the game will become so much more easy. Damn. You really went on a tangent right here. That was good, huh? That was good. But we'll, was we'll good. go more in depth about it. <laughs> I'm glad we recorded that. Yeah. You're just, um, you're just really cooked. Last question. Last question. <laughs> Who, Julian, my boy, who should have won Rap Album of the Year? I was telling Angus, I only listen to podcasts now, bro. Like, I don't yeah, even listen to rap wave. anymore. I'm like, I'm listening to freaking, like, old ass shit. Okay, yeah, Angus, this man is think? practicing. All right, you know, like you're practicing rap abstinence. Um, I think my favorite project from any rapper was probably Vince Staples, Ramona Park, Broke My Heart. I think in terms of storytelling, production, there was a lot of good pieces on that album. But I'm I'm not upset that Kendrick got it because that was a great album as well. So if you if you were to ask me, I'll say Vince Staples. I've heard good thing of, uh, good things about that album. Yeah. <clears throat> It's one of my favorites. I listened to it like three times already. If we didn't get to your question, we'll get to it next time. Sorry about that, but we got to move on. So topics. Yeah. Um, first one, the elephant in the room. Yeah. Go ahead. It's elephant in the room. That Brooklyn to Phoenix deal, probably one of the biggest deals in NBA history just happened, and um, this is like on the same level as the Anthony Davis trade. The Kevin Garnett to the Celtics trade. And I I feel like this immediately propels the Suns to contender status. Definitely. I think the biggest thing for the Suns is health. Cause like health you, you told depth. me you yeah. Depth depth for sure, but I think health, more more importantly is health. Cause cause if if you if you have those three guys, like not even talking about Aiton, but if you have those three guys on the floor together like all season or the remaining the re- the remainder of the entire season you don't I feel like you don't really need like that much depth you know yeah and they have options too in the summer if in case this they don't win it this season they can trade Aiton yeah I don't think he wants to leave now <laughs> <laughs> I don't know he he throughout most of the season he seems upset to be in Phoenix because he didn't he didn't get the bag from Phoenix exactly. Phoenix basically just told him, we're not going to pay you what you want. You go find out how much you're worth on open market, and then we'll talk later. And, and this is the exactly first overall pick. Yeah. yeah. I feel like he I feel like he felt kind of disrespected. For sure. I mean, he, he's still pretty young. He looks old as hell, but I think he's around <laughs> 23, 22. He looks hella old, bro. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, someone needs to check his birth certificate. <laughs> but I mean, he moves like his age, so yeah. But, but that's that's extremely efficient from the Suns owner. Like, how are you gonna come in on your first day of job? Like, you know what? Let's get Kevin Durant. I'm I'm tired of waiting around for CP3's hamstring to get better. We need Kevin Durant on this team right here, right now. And yeah, it makes. I was telling you, like. I, f- I was telling you, I feel like Joe Sai is just like a totally like a man of principle. Like he doesn't even care if his team gets worse. He just he just wants to do business with someone he respects because this is a forty year. Is he forty something? Like he's super young, right? Yeah, he's pretty young. But 
I think Joe Sy did what's best for his organization because they lost a lot of draft picks from that James Harden trade, and they got four unprotected first-round picks back from the Suns. Like, they're rebuilding, but I don't think they're going to suffer that much on the court. Yeah, but but there's so many people that are confused. They thought that, you know, you got you got Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer, and now you have, like, a good a good – pretty good core to like put around Kevin Durant um and like really honestly they didn't have to move Katie if you if you if you really think about it I think this is my personal opinion I think that the Suns gave up like and I think they gave up way too much bro like I don't know about yeah, you they gave a lot they gave up a lot like, I get dude four first round unprotected picks a pick yes, swap but this is uh, Katie we're talking about yeah, I get all that. Yeah, you get KD, you get TJ Warren. Who cares about TJ Warren, bro? But you get KD, but you but this is what you lose. You lose four first round unprotected picks, which is like that's your future for the next five or six years. Then you 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 lose Cam Johnson, who like the entire league is high on, and and then you also lose Mikael Bridges, who's an all a borderline all star. And I feel like people like this is I think this trade was kind of disrespectful to him because like he was kind of just like a throwing piece. Like, oh, we'll just give you Mikel well, to like just I make think, it equal. I think Cam Johnson's the throwing piece, but like but to your point about sacrificing the future, that's what teams do to win championships. You have to sacrifice the future if you now, really want now, to win. Now. now that's what they do. Now that's what they do. It didn't used to be like that. Yeah, well, the value of draft picks have gotten higher over the past couple of years. But higher like, or lower? <laughs> I think higher because Maybe lower because you have to attach so many just to get a star player. After this, after last year, like it's lower. It's got to be lower. Yeah, but yeah, okay. Back to your point about trading Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson, who are good players. You have to trade good players to get great players. Like very rarely would you see a deal where you trade bad players to get a, a top fifteen player of all time. Like that just doesn't happen. We saw what what uh, the Pelicans got for AD. Like they got basically the Lakers' entire young core and their future. Yeah, but like I was gonna, I was gonna say, like people will forget, Mikael Bridges was like in the running from like defensive player of the year as and a, he as still a forward. Is. But that's so exactly. scary now when you look when you look at Brooklyn's side. Uh, Brooklyn now has Mikael Bridges and Nick Claxton guarding, and they have one of the most they have a very switch heavy defense, and now have, they have all these wings. And not to mention Dude. that for the future, when when a team needs a three and D wing, they can contact the Brooklyn Nets, and then Brooklyn can stock up on their draft capital now. Dude, I I like the Brooklyn Nets right now. I like how they look. the The team is bought into the coach. I don't know yes. what his name. I'm sorry, I don't know his name. Jock Vaughn. But Jock Vaughn. Jock Vaughn. Yes, Jock Vaughn. The team is very bought into him. And man, I saw a possession. I saw a clip of it. Um, the lineup was Mikael Bridges guarding James. Um, someone set him a screen. Cam Johnson switch switches on to James. Uh, you know that's six eight to six eight, and then Dorian Finney-Smith is on help side. Nick Claxton is guarding Joel Embiid on the pick and roll, and then you got Spencer Dinwiddie is your shortest player at six six, like, mm-hmm. and they get the steal, and it's like man, like, you know, coaches always say hands out, hands out, like make yourself bigger, you know, and they're making that's themselves just, big just by being out there. They don't even exactly. Hands out, really, like, man, they're just covering the entire half court. It's just, they it's look like the Raptors. It's a lot of high Raptors. IQ players. Yeah. And, it's, and a great it's coach. Funny. It, it's funny because 
this Nets team gives me the similar vibes as like the 2018-2019 Nets team. I love Brooklyn Spence. I love it. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely love it. I, I missed it. He's back. I love it. Uh, let's move on to like news that you've all probably heard. Um, LeBron James breaking the scoring record, which no one thought could be possible, but he did it. <laughs> this record, Dude. this record has been held by Kareem since 1984, the year that LeBron was born. Yeah, people said it was impossible, but he did it. I just want to say real quick, bro. <laughs> yeah, I, dude, I thought it was fucking ridiculous stopping the game with 12 seconds on the third quarter to celebrate this man. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, That's what they do, bro. Um, bro, it, it was like it was like we can't wait to the end of the game because the Lakers might be getting blown out by thirty. So we got to do this now while the game is close because people might leave. <laughs> you know, what I, mean? you know I, I I would have loved it if it was a close game and LeBron broke it. LeBron hit the shot with like two minutes to go, and it's a four point game. That would have been hilarious. What would they have done? That would have that would have been great TV right there. <laughs> wait, you said if he would have broke it or wouldn't have would have broke it with like in crunch time because what i've heard is that um if it was crunch time then they wouldn't have celebrated right yeah i, I don't i don't know hopefully not i mean yeah, dude it was the like the, the, game. the game plan was like lebron you go get your 36 or whatever you know we don't even care if we win the game and i think when you talk about ad not standing up i think it was i think he's kind of fed up with lebron in a sense he's fed up he's fed up just he's fed like, up he's with like, the way that the Lakers is all about LeBron now. Like, instead of worrying about this game, this whole game was just about LeBron chasing that record. Yeah, I, I would be pissed as a competitor. Like, you work hard. And it's also been a frustrating season for AD. Like, we, like he knows that out of anyone, like, all the shit that people are saying, like, he's, I say it all the time, I call him a glass man. Like, he's a fucking glass man. Like, yeah. he hits the floor, you hold your breath. And if he doesn't break something, you're like, thank goodness. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, Reggie, Reggie Miller said something on the telecast the other night. He was like, oh, that. AD's grimacing. That He's out two to three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's sad, but it's, but it's you true. Know, but it's like, it sucks for him because, like, he puts on all this weight because people are talking about how he's so slim and he needs to bulk up. And then he puts on the weight and then he, like his body can't handle it. And it's just like, man, it's just a lose-lose. It sucks. This adds another layer to Lakers drama because according to Chris Haynes, LeBron has a serious lingering foot injury that can last for the rest of the season. Oof. But you have to think, is this the beginning of the end for LeBron James? Hmm. It's definitely. I'll tell you who it's the beginning of the end for. Darvin Ham. No, this no. This is a this is a good transition into a, our next topic. Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, bro. The man if who just if got he, traded. If he gets bought out, which everyone's expecting him to get bought out by the Jazz, dude, what team is gonna want this man? Did you hear? Did you hear Paul George vouching for the Clippers to sign PG? I mean. For him to sign Russell Westbrook. Here we go with saying the fucking, that the the Lakers the didn't utilize GMs again. The Westbrook the fucking player GMs again. Like, what are we doing? Did we not learn this lesson from the from the early Lakers seasons with uh, the AD tampering? 
Didn't we learn our lesson from Brooklyn Nets? Nope. Like, why are players trying to be GMs? <laughs> it's just, it's just friendships. It's just friendships. Yeah, but like, let's let's talk about who Westbrook was traded for last week. Everybody they, on the Jazz. Everybody on the Jazz, and it's <laughs> like it's literally funny the whole because, team. Because D'Lo, Michael Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt were all on that feel-good Timberwolves team that took the Grizzlies to six games, and now they're all probably gonna be contributors on the Lakers now. And they're all pretty yeah. young too. Yeah, they're good players. Like I feel like I don't. I, I'm kind of confused. Like you can kind of explain this to me and our yeah. listeners. Like, what are like? I mean, obviously the Jazz are trying to go for like Victor, but like yeah. man, like they basically gave up their entire bench and roster and, and depth for one first yeah. round pick. So well, like, I mean, they're they're only 11th in the West. Like they're not even like really like the worst. Like, not even close to the worst team. So, like, yeah. yeah. So, you know, the trade deadline, that's where desperation starts setting in. Teams finally have to make moves, and all that bluffing probably got called out. We were, we were hearing reports that Jared Vanderbilt was getting traded for, one is getting offers for three second-round picks. But come to think about it, a lot of that was just smoke. Like, the I guess the market for Jared Vanderbilt wasn't that high because in the, at the end of the day, he's just this super, super hustle hustle guy off the bench who's a, who, who's a really good glue piece for a competitive team but he's he's not all that talented he has length athleticism and can finish lobs but he's just a glue guy at the end so I wouldn't I didn't see him going for more than like maybe one or two second round picks and then we have Michael Beasley who's a valuable shooter and I kind of see him acting as like the J.R. Smith uh role on the on those LeBron Cavs teams but again his market wasn't that high because I I think he has a player option for next season or team. He's option. been shooting really well this year. He's been shooting really well, like better than I'm ever I've ever seen him shoot. Like he looked really good on that Jazz team. Yeah, and then onto that think, D'Lo piece, that D'Lo piece. I think that was really a move for the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves got Mike Conley, who I think is a better fit with Ruby Gobert and mm. Anthony Edwards, because that that Conley and Gobert pick and roll combo in Utah was kind of lethal at times. And yeah. for some reason, D'Angelo Russell does not want to pass the ball to Gobert. He's not patient enough to set up Gobert, but Mike Conley is an expert at setting up Gobert. Yeah. He didn't do much in his first game there, though. He had like seven points or eight points. Yeah, he didn't. But yeah. he, I, I, I have a feeling he's going to find his footing because he's one of those guys that you can plug and play. He's just yeah, learning to play with Anthony Edwards. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see once uh, Carl Anthony Towns comes back, like how it's going to work. I feel like since they have a, a actual distributor, it'll be a lot. It'll look a lot better than the, how they started the season. But let's yeah, let's so, talk about did the Lakers really improve? Um, I have my opinions on this. I watched a little bit of the game uh, with D'Lo. Yeah. If there's one, if there's one thing this Lakers team needs, it was shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shooting. <laughs> they need fucking shooting, bro. Off-ball shooting, not Russell Westbrook dribble the ball nine times and then pull up for three. Yeah, and and with what uh, with uh, Russell, you really get that. Um, not Westbrook, but D'Angelo Russell. You really get a shooter and someone who can create for himself and for others. You don't really like Westbrook's a good passer, but you still get a good passer in um, D'Angelo Russell. And now you have these weapons, uh, Beasley and Vanderbilt, that D'Lo can just find. 
that you don't always have to rely on Anthony Davis for 40 minutes a game. So I think this is a good move. I, I can't I can't say like confidently that the Lakers are a playoff team. Like I really can't. Like I really don't know. Like I couldn't tell you they're not gonna be, but I couldn't tell you they are. And with this LeBron injury, it's it's looking kinda Yeah. It's looking kinda rough. Well Well, I think that they definitely got younger. And they definitely added more um, complimentary there pieces. There was a lot of tr- other trades, though, that went down. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, for sure. So which one, which trade kind of caught your eye? Um, You go first, dude. Another trade that went down, that caught my eye? Well, I think I was more surprised by a lot of the non-moves. Rather than the actual moves, but a trade that kind of caught my eye was a Gary Payton trade. He going he's going back to the Warriors, and it, it's essentially James Wiseman for Gary Payton. And the Warriors did that in order to save salary and maybe recoup their losses after Wiseman didn't really fit in with the team. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going down with that one, isn't there? Like, uh, he didn't like pass the physical. And now the trade is in jeopardy, and then but now like the trade is back on because they came to an agreement that because like the Blazers weren't like fully transparent with the whole thing that they owe them like two second rounders later on or something like that. Like it was weird. This this Portland situation is really weird because last year when Josh Hart and Larry Nance got traded, I mean when Larry Nance and C.J. McCollum got traded from Portland to New Orleans, they were. They they were talking about how happy they were to get out of Portland. So you have to think something's weird going on in Portland, and they just traded Josh Hart for Cam Reddish as well, which is which is doesn't make sense to me because Cam Reddish, uh, I'm I'm not sure he's a win now player. He he still needs a little bit more development. He hasn't found his footing in the league yet. I heard they were they were high on him in the draft when he was in the draft a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, but do you think he can really help help Dame right now? Nope. <laughs> I mean, no. I, I'm, I'm, I am very happy for Cam Reddish that he got out of New York. Not that yeah, New York's like I, a like a terrible place to play, but Tom Thibodeau, which is like that's the worst freaking coach that you could ask for. If you're Cam Reddish, it's just bad. Do you know the irony in that is that I think Josh Hart is a perfect player for Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> I know, but it's just there's no trust there at all. Mm-hmm. I, I think be surprised um, if Josh Hart plays like 40 minutes a game for Tom Thibodeau. Let him get like eight rebounds, maybe shoot two threes. That's like the perfect place for Josh Hart. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, one of my notables was uh, the Sixers getting Jalen McDaniel McDaniel's, um, for not much. I don't think Holy they gave crap. up too much. Holy crap! That's such a bad trade. Okay, so this is this is duality of man. You have Michael Jordan over here trading Jalen McDaniels away for basically nothing. And then yeah. you have Matt Ishbia coming in on his first day saying, let's get fucking KD. <laughs> it's like two completely like opposites. And one, one of these dudes have been in the NBA and they know the business. Dude, yeah, Jalen McDaniels definitely so undervalued by whoever's running it in Charlotte. Uh, hopefully it's not Jordan, but... Like, yeah, you get a, a premier wing defender. Like, he's not, like, the best in the league, but he's, like, you don't – there's not a lot of these guys around, like, sitting around. And he shows, so, like, a, he shows a lot of ability to self-create 
and he adds another wing to the Sixers, who are who are probably one of the favorites to come out the East right now. And the Hornets got nothing. Like nothing like to show nothing. for it at all. They got they got Svim Mahailuk. <laughs> like yeah, my, my in two seconds. <laughs> and they also got uh, nothing for Mason Plumley. They got Reggie Jackson for Mason Plumley. Dude, also and they're gonna buy thing. out Reggie Jackson. You know how you said uh Josh Richardson in the last pod? Yeah. Uh, how how you uh, so, some guy you like we could get for two second round picks? Yes. Well, obviously we couldn't get him for two second round picks because he got traded for Devontae Graham in four second round picks. Yeah. <laughs> like what the what fuck? It's with... Josh Richardson. Like what what is going on? Like Josh Richardson, bro. Second round like, picks. You have to this... think that once you exceed three second round picks, that that equals one first round pick at some point. And I mean, yeah, is Josh right? Richardson like, really worth a first round pick? Uh, dude, I I don't I wouldn't tell you yes, but I guess he is. I don't. The Spurs are definitely on sell mode. Um, sell sell like, mode for sure. Like the Jazz, they're my they're they're one of my favorites to get Wembenyama. I have a feeling that if Wembenyama can fit in with the Spurs, he's gonna be like a Tim Duncan David Robinson hybrid with David with maybe a little bit of Kareem in him. Yeah, dude. Um, so we actually recorded two drafts for our last episode because it was our first episode and we didn't want to record we were like hey let's just let's record the first one take it serious and if we don't like it we won't post it and we did it and it was like it was it was okay like it wasn't bad but we eventually we just re-recorded and the second one was way better but and the first one we didn't talk about in the second one, but the first one I talked about the Raptors and how I thought they weren't gonna make any moves. And I'll freaking mm. post it if you guys don't believe me. I told yeah, I told yeah. Angus, I told Angus, I was like, everyone's talking about the Raptors. Everyone thinks they're gonna get rid of OG, get rid of Fred for sure, get rid of Hold maybe. Up. They made Pascal. a move. They made a move. They made a move. But <laughs> they, it wasn't a sell move. It wasn't a sell move. And let me tell you, bro, they get they gave they got they gave up they got Yaka Pertle for Kem Birch. And a first, first round pick. The first man, that's important, dude. A first round pick, dude. To me, that's a great value. Ken Birch in a first round for Yaka Pertle to fulfill all the 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 needs that you all the all the thing your team lacks in one player and just add a seven footer to your lineup. Like that's invaluable. Like they're they're they look solid, really solid. I was surprised yeah, that Freddie Freddie is still a Raptor. I was kind of surprised about that, but it's just yeah, kind of kind of like you know, which we're gonna talk about later. Monty, you know, buying in on the team chemistry. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what's going on in Toronto, and it's I good to see. I I like it. I guess they're putting their chips on the table now, and then they're gonna deal with free agency when it happens. They're not really too worried about that. Now they have all the trade pieces, bro. <laughs> they they do have the trade pieces. But similar to the Raptors, I think the Grizzlies the Grizzlies were a team that was that were rumored to make a lot of moves at the deadline or at least make a big splash to help with their team. And I, I think they definitely needed a big move because they're currently sliding without Steven Adams. Yeah, St- yeah, no Steven Adams is it's 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 glaring. The issues. It's it's. They look like a completely different team, kind of. 
they don't have the grit. They don't have someone that does the dirty work. And that that dribble handoff game that John Morant has with Steven Adams and Desmond Bain, that, that was a lethal weapon. That was similar to how Fox and Kevin Herter run the offense with DeMontis Sabonis because Steven Adams is such a huge screen setter. Yeah, and, and I feel like it when Steven Adams isn't on the floor, the 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 issues that they had that aren't really like glaring become very obvious. Like Dylan Brooks yeah. is a freaking offensive liability. My goodness. Like Hey, but they they added Luke Kennard. You got you got yeah, that's good. You got you got Memphis fans praying <laughs> every time this guy shoots the ball, like oh, please make the ball oh, just like like I I bet you most of them don't even like him when he shoots the ball. Yeah. They were reportedly one of the teams that were interested in all three of Mikel Bridges, Kevin Durant, and OG Ananobi, and they struck down and got none of them. And it was rumored that they offered around four first-round picks and every pick swap imaginable for K- for KD. Yeah. But KD to the Suns was, in- was inevitable ever since the summer. Luke Kennard is a good pickup, though. I like that. Yeah. You know, surprisingly, the Grizzlies are not that good of a shooting team. So Luke Kennard was a much-needed add. And I, I saw an interesting stat that said Luke Kennard is shooting, I think, over 50% on his corner three-pointers, which is a high clip. Yeah, he's having a pretty decent season for the minutes that he's had. And I feel like he'll get more opportunity with the Grizzlies. He can really take up those Jake LaRavia minutes and those Conchar minutes. Um, let's get into, um, what was your favorite under the radar move? Some of that flew under the radar. My favorite under the radar move. And there's still buyout moves to be, to be done. So there's still buyout moves. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll talk about them when they do happen because the buyout market is, it's just now happening because people are just got waived and they have to clear waivers. But I think a good move were the Clippers getting Bones Highland, Mason Plumlee, and Eric Gordon. Mm, yeah. That was Eric a, Gordon a returning one. home to the Clippers. Mason Plumlee to back up a Vitsa Zubox. Uh, you know, I, I feel like Zubok and Plumlee, they they kind of played a similar role. Yeah. yeah. It, I like Plumlee a little better than Zubox, to be honest. Like Plumlee better than Zubok? He, he slowed yeah, down. I mean, At the beginning of the season, he looked like a defensive player of the year candidate. But now he just he just looks tired. Like There's a lot of reports coming out that says that Zubak is tired of being with the bigs. He, I honestly don't think he should play more than 26, 28 minutes per game. Yeah. Uh, my pick that flew under the radar, I I kind of said it, the Jalen McDaniels, McDaniels one. But if I had to choose yeah. another one. I would probably say uh, the Knicks getting Josh Hart. I think that's oh, like a match made in heaven. Heaven for Thibodeau, a like a guy that can shoot the three, play defense. He's smart. I think Josh Hart when he goes downhill, especially in the half court set, like when he's like you know when he inbounds the ball, and he's the last guy down, and he's coming right down the middle, and he if they pass him the ball when he's coming downhill, and he just decides to drive all the way to the basket, he's like one of the best in the league. Besides like Zion Williamson, like it's it's insane. He's a super strong guy. And do you know what's the best part that makes him a Thibodeau guy? He's undersized. Think about all the players that Thibodeau loves playing. He loves playing Quentin Grimes, Deuce McBride, and now you add Josh Hart to the mix. That's that's a three-guard lineup that's going to hustle 
their ass all over the court and get rebounds and play defense. What was the what was the worst move in your opinion in the trade deadline? The the worst move. Hmm. I, I I mentioned it before. I think it was the. It's got to be Jaden uh, McDaniel's bro. going. Yeah, it's, leaving the Hornets for no reason. It's got to be that, right? There's no argue. I gotta agree. It's it's got to be that. I mean, you can argue Wiseman to the Pistons because you see the games that Jalen Duran has been having recently, and then you. Now you have to find ways to implement James Wiseman into that offense. I don't think they could play together. Mm. It's, uh, it's a crowded team, front court. It is definitely. Which team? Um, which team got better? Besides the Suns, we don't like. Besides KD, and obviously, honestly, yeah, we can include the Mavs in there because we don't know if did they get better or did they? You know. <laughs> yeah. What's your opinion? I. Th- I think that okay, obviously the Suns got better, but right. I I think I already mentioned this. I think the Lakers got better, and I really hate mentioning that as a Kings team. <laughs> like I said, they they got more complimentary pieces around LeBron. They're kind of extending the timeline for LeBron because we know LeBron is kind of deteriorating right now, and then you have players who can play offense and honestly pick up the load. Anthony Davis only had didn't score twenty points against the Warriors, but they they were still able to win behind Dennis Schroeder. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt with a nice fourteen seven and three game, and then mm-hmm. D'Lo had a, had a pretty good game himself. D'Lo looked good. If you're a Lakers fan, you gotta be you gotta be loving D'Angelo Russell instead of Westbrook right now. Like they do not miss him. A guy who can actually pull up from mid range and make it, and not <laughs> and not throw sloppy passes. Yeah, honestly, like I, can actually I think. The ball. Rob Palenka saw Russell Westbrook overthrow LeBron James and Anthony Davis against the Thunder. So many passes that went over their head and decided, you know what? You're cut off, buddy. You're, don't come back to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> I say the team, in my opinion, that got better. Uh, I would say um, I could argue. I could sit here and argue about the freaking Nets, but I, I, I think they did get. There's they didn't get better necessarily, but they there's just really exciting new culture there. And yeah. Like it reminds you of that two thousand was it sixteen team or eighteen? Eighteen. I forgot 18, what year. But that that team yeah. went with D'Angelo Russell on it, and um, yeah, it's just there's a new energy. There's like a spark there that kind of like got ign- like ignited when KD and Kyrie left, and you got a good young core. I think Mikel Bridges is gonna really gonna blossom into uh, definitely an All Star, maybe you know All NBA player. He's already yeah. one of the best defenders. He's ha- he has game, and it's kind of limited sometimes with D-Buck on the floor. I think he's just going to blossom to the cr- this crazy player. But I, I think besides the Nets, uh, I'll just throw in the Clippers. I, I like the moves they made. Bones is a good piece. Uh, give him 20 minutes a night. He's going to he's gonna produce for sure. And get rid of Reggie Jackson. That's a good move. Replace him with Bones. And then you get Mason Plumlee. And you still have Zubox, who, who has, who's in and out of the lineup sometimes. Uh, now you got a guy that can just it replace his minutes easily, and you can maybe don't sleep argue on, he could take that that starting role for from Zubox. Don't sleep on Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann has been running the point guard for the Clippers lately, and he has a lot of switchability and he's showing flashes what he did in college, being able to distribute the ball and just play within the flow of the offense next to Kawhi and PG. Um, so we talked, we kind of talked about. Uh, new teams that 
are trying to tank for Wemby in the yeah. Jazz and the Spurs. Spurs, Jazz, and Spurs. What other teams? Yeah, what teams? What do you? What teams do you think have the best chances as of now? As of now, um, you know the lottery is such a toss-up now. Um, you know, I'm just gonna go on a limb and say the Hornets. I'm a, I'm a hope that they didn't trade <laughs> Jaden McDaniels for no reason. All right, if they're if they're doing all this crap to their franchise, they better be getting Victor <laughs> Wembanyama. You're trying to make sense of it, bro. You don't. Maybe it's just a bad move. <laughs> it, it is. We'll just chalk it up to it being a bad move. In my God, they're 15th owner. in the East. I did not know they were 15th in the East. Wow, that is 15 and 43. Oh my goodness. One of those 15 was against the Kings. Never forget. Yeah, that was I, uh, one of our worst losses for sure. Uh, let's, right, let's, let's actually about talk about our Kings. Yeah. Oh, oh the non-moves. The non-moves. Yeah, the non-moves. The Kings were non-moves. Was that surprising you? No, because I think the right now the market is crazy. I don't think uh, Monty McNair wants to throw one. He just got extended, so he doesn't he doesn't have to make any like save my job moves. Yeah, especially especially because we're third seed. Especially since we're third seed, um, we've been playing great. I think he trusts uh, Mike Brown to continue what he's doing, and he sees progress. With the you just watch. I love watching Mike Brown press conferences after games, especially. Yeah. It's just especially after wins, man. Like he, if you just watch, and he, if he if he never mentioned that they won, like you would kind of not know. Did we win the game? Because he's just still critiquing everything, and it's it's great. He's not satisfied. He's never he satisfied. He just giving, makes us. He's get, He's always mentioning forty eight minutes of full defensive effort, and that's what something I love. Yeah, and that's the things that matter in the playoffs. He always talks about this stuff isn't going to work in the playoffs, or if if we want to be a winning team that makes it far in the playoffs, we have to do this and this, and and it's always about defense. Uh, but we. But have to I don't. Learn. This I, team is young. Like they barely, yeah. this is really their first full season together. And we don't really know what true weaknesses they have until it gets to playoff time. Like, of course, we see their defense is lackluster at times, but we know they can get stops when they need it. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we are missing some front court pieces. Um, but I wasn't, I, I wish, like, if we could have got Mason Plumley, that would have been nice, bro. If we could have got Matisse Thibel, that would have been nice. Uh, even Josh Richardson, but I'm for the price he went for, maybe not. But I wasn't. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I was kind of surprised, but I wasn't. I'm not mad about it. You know. Yeah, I'm not as mad as other Kings fans. I think, as a Kings fan, you see the Suns making moves and the Mavericks making moves and the Lakers making moves. It, it's easy to get lost in that, but then you don't really appreciate the team that you have. Like these are teams that are supposed to be contenders. And they're within their championship window, but the Kings are just now getting to their playoff window. Yeah, we've been like, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. We haven't really had any glaring issues. Yeah, I just, you just got to pray for health for between our two stars for the remainder of the season. Like, that's my biggest thing. Uh, Fox can't go down, Sabonis can't go down. It's, yeah, but to answer your question, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't too surprised and I wasn't too mad about it. Because I I think the the teams that the the players went to that we kind of wanted 
they went for a pretty decent price. And it's just like, I don't know if I wanted to give all that up for that player. Yeah, I, I admire Monty's patience with the whole process. I know it can be infuriating sometimes, even when we were so bad that he wouldn't make moves, but I'm kind of glad that he 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 waits things out. He never reacts. He always responds. Yeah. What about that Mavs game, man? What a great game last night. A playoff or, game. Technically two nights ago. But it was it was a great – literally, it felt like a, a mini-series because, you know, we played them the night before. We didn't play great. And then we come back and play them the next night, and we look like a completely different team. And they have Luka, which they didn't have the they first added night. Luka. And we still beat them. I will say, just to critique a little bit and be a little asshole – <laughs> I didn't like I didn't like Fox's last possession in regulation. I didn't really like that. Oh yeah, that. that pull up three. It was just like we're tied. You're getting guarded by Dwight Powell, bro. Like give him a fucking bucket, man. Like <laughs> like don't fucking do don't dance and sidestep and pull up from three when you got the help coming on your on your right and like bro, like and he clanked that shit. That shit was not close. He does have a habit of taking the last possession straight up for himself, but I, I really I'm okay with that. I just didn't like the type of shot. Like it, it was just a bad shot. If he can, if he just takes Dwight, hits him with that midi, like that, you know, take him left, snatch. If he if he's still with him, hezzy, Dwight's in the yeah. air and he gets a little floater. Like it's just he does that regularly. I don't know why he didn't try to even attack. I don't know why he wanted to shoot a three. You could tell he was just setting up for a three. I don't know why he was thinking that. I don't know if that was Mike Brown. Like, hey, shoot a three. Make it look good. We're going to OT anyway. But he's clutch. Like, he's clutch. Don't deny he's clutch. Yeah, he's clutch, but the shot was just bad. You should have he should have known he should have expected a double because it was gonna come if obviously um it was just a bad shot, but but okay, great performance. I got a little trivia for you. <laughs> I got a little trivia for you. Shoot me. Do you know who has the most points scored in the regular season overtime game? No. <laughs> who is it? It's Gilbert Arenas with 16. De'Aaron Fox had 14 in the last game against the Mavericks in OT. Fuck. I believe I that's that. tied for third. Third most points scored. I don't know. It's, it's funny because he he'll he'll just take over the game. But when you're watching, it's it's kind of like it still feels like the team is involved in a weird way. So I think it's just because like like what Mike Brown says, Fox being the head of the snake on defense, you really feel that in a, in a sense where like when he gets a ball, you want him to have the ball because he's the head of the snake on defense. He he uh, allowed this possession to happen. He allowed, he allowed the transition to happen, transition to happen because they got to stop, you know. So it, it moves the offense. He he got a lot of stops on Kyrie and Luca last night. Oh yes, that's what I wanted to talk about too, man. I love it. Him in OT in the biggest possessions, he's like, I got the guy that's five inches taller than me. You know, that's me. I got him. You know. And it's, that's a it's funny to think about, but Luca's been posting up a lot, and for Fox to take that challenge and just be really aggressive and a pesky little fox on defense, I, yeah, I love I seeing it. I don't it's think so much growth. I don't in think game. people like. I don't think people like posting up Fox because of his hands. Like he he just like reach around you like on your backside when you're not looking, you know, and just. 
poke it out. He does that so often. Like I think he likes getting posted up because he's like, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. You can't. <laughs> like I'm not scared right here. I don't feel like I'm at a dis disadvantage, and you can see that when he plays. Yeah. So for the Kings, for the rest of the season, what do you think they can do to prove to improve internally? Whether it's rotations, the buyout market, different schemes. What do you think they should do? I obviously. They need some height on the front court. Mm -hmm. uh, they, I, they definitely are lacking on some defensive positions, possessions because of our height. But I like that. I like that. I like that. It's just the Kings can focus on getting better and doing what they're doing instead of worrying about their jobs on the line. And I think that's what Monty was trying to do. Uh, I. I think Mike Brown's defensive schemes will work. It's just that defense, you can't just learn it in a single season. There's so many different situations to prepare for. But once this team goes through the playoff fire, I think that's when they really will improve. Also, I like the way that Mike Brown is using Trey Lyles as a backup center because that spacing is outrageous. Trey Lyles can pop up to the corner, corner top, of the, top of the key for a three, and the, the paint is wide open for De'Aaron Fox when Trey Lyles plays center. Yeah, that's what that's that's what won us that uh, Timberwolves overtime game when Trey Lyles was just, like Rudy Gobert is just nowhere to be found and Trey Lyles is just hitting open threes. It's good. It's good to see. I used to be a Trey Lyles hater, but I can't really hate on Trey Lyles this season because he's been playing so good. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> well, he does have some duds, but you you were obnoxiously anti Trey Lyles, and I, I get it when he has a over two game, you can really. You can really just ah, you can really hate on him. <laughs> him and Barnes, I was not high on in the beginning of the season. We, me and Angus went to the 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 home opener. It was so lit. It was a great it was a great game. Um, but I was screaming, I was screaming shit at Trey Lowes. Oh my god. Yeah, you I was were. I was screaming at Mike Brown. I was like, take him out the game, please, please, please. But Harrison Barnes has been playing good different. too. I can't hate on him. Ever since that home opener game we went to, the Kings look like a completely different team. They that that offense no longer looks clumsy. They know what they're doing now. Yeah, you you didn't believe. I always believe. A lot a lot of a lot of my clients, I like they they can they can vouch for me. They know I was high on them before the season even started. Hey, remember, remember 2017 when I said when I said the Kings are going to be third seed, King fourth seed, fourth. No, you fourth. said fourth seed. <laughs> you're you're like four years too early. Wait, well, I don't think it's two, it wasn't 2007. It was like 2020. No, it was yeah, yeah, I was like that, but we were all high on them that year. Yeah, because they they just barely missed the playoffs in 2018, 2019. <sighs> it's a new era for the Kings. The Beam new era team era. Like the Beam. Like the Beam. That's gonna do it for our episode today. Appreciate you guys. Um, we'll be back here next Monday, and yeah. Peace out, guys. Peace out. Uh, yep. Yeah, peace. See ya. <laughs>